We shall fight with growing confidence and growing strength in the air. We shall fight on the beaches. We shall fight on the landing grounds. We shall fight in the fields and in the streets. We shall never surrender until in God's good time, the new world, with all its power and might, steps forth to the rescue and the liberation of people. In times of universal deceit, truth is the only rebellion left. Yesterday I said I was going to deal with a grab bag of the week's news. And I got off on a very important topic, and that was my tribute to Pat Campbell, my mentor in talk radio. So today I'm going to go back and try to close out the week with a summary of some of the news and my response to each story. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion. Good morning and welcome to today's Rebellion, the last one of the week. And as I said in the introduction, yesterday I started out by saying that I was going to do a grab bag of the week's news. And I basically got distracted. I got off on one of the news stories, and that was the death of Pat Campbell, talk radio host par excellence from Tulsa, Oklahoma. And I spent a great deal of time, in fact, I basically ended up spending the entire show telling you a story or two about Pat Campbell. I don't apologize for that. In fact, if you didn't listen to the show, please go back and do so. The moral to the story, yesterday's story, yesterday's rebellion is this. Pat Campbell was a man of great courage. And people of great courage are often people of great character. And people with no courage are almost always people with no character. Oh, I'm not saying that people with courage are without their flaws, and I'm not pretending that Pat Campbell was a perfect man, nor am I, nor are you, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. No, we all have a lot of chinks in our armor. I certainly do. You certainly do. One of the most provable aspects of all of Christian theology is the original sin. That's a butchered paraphrase of G.K. Chesterton's point. If you want proof of Christian theology, all you need to do is turn on the nightly news, look at your iPhone, open the newspaper, listen to the radio, because all of the stuff you hear is proof of the brokenness of the human being. So I'm not pretending that anybody that we talk about as our heroes are perfect. But what I am saying is Pat Campbell was darn close to perfect when it came to radio commentary and his craft. He was very gifted and he was very good. And it's a shame, quite frankly, that in his later years, the radio station, KFAQ, stopped supporting him. They started pulling the rug out from under him, so to speak. The new ownership and the new management started telling him that he couldn't have people such as myself on any longer if we had too much, quote-unquote, Jesus talk. Can you believe that? I think that is a story worth talking about, even again today. Let's acknowledge that Pat did an outstanding job, and let's pay him tribute. But the sidebar to this whole story of Pat Campbell is, when you think you're listening to a trusted news source, 
Maybe not. Because if the ownership of that radio station, the ownership of that website, the ownership of that TV station, of that network, if the ownership is liberal, progressive, and unsympathetic to Christian ideas, to conservative ideas, then do you really think you're getting what they are pretending to give you? I would suggest you're not. And that's why I'm so thankful for the ownership of KOKL Radio and the management of that particular station. Owner and manager, Brooks Brewer. Because as I said yesterday, when I was kind of, uh, well, I walked away because I basically said, uh, nobody's going to tell me what to say. If you think I have too much Jesus talk, then KFAQ is the wrong place for me. Uh, Pat covered for me for a while, but it was very clear that I was putting him in a difficult situation because he knew I wasn't going to uh, play their game. And so I just said, I think it's been a good ride. We've had a great time together for a number of years, almost a decade. I'm going to respect you and just step away so that you don't have to worry about me talking about Jesus again or confronting LGBTQ lunacy or the alphabet soup subjective identity nonsense. At my land, this was before BLM and the social justice warriors and critical race theory. What in the world would the people up there do if I started ranting about that nonsense? I'm sure that they would just lose their mind. And if I dared to challenge the little emperor G.T. Bynum of Tulsa, the little emperor of Tulsa, Oklahoma, I'm sure they would have wanted to just turn my microphone off. Now, Pat wouldn't have tolerated that, but I would have put him in a tough place if I wouldn't have obeyed. So I just walked away, and that's when Brooks Brewer offered me an opportunity to do what I'm doing right now, today, on The Rebellion, here on KOKL Radio, The Brew, talk radio, here in Okmulgee, Oklahoma. And then, like you have been told before, on my podcast which is featured nationally. I'm grateful for that. Anyway, that's the story on Pat Campbell. That's the story on uh, why Pat and I didn't do the show together for the last couple of years of his career and last couple of years of his life. Uh, you need to know that. Pat was a good man. He was covering my backside for me, but I was putting him in a tough place because I wasn't going to stop talking about the things that matter. And he knew that, and he didn't want me to stop talking about it. Um, let's take a break. And when I get back, we'll talk about some of the news of the week. We'll talk about Pete Buttigieg and his paternity leave. We'll talk about Rachel Levine and his, her, whatever his, her, he, she, zim, zers, whatever Rachel Levine defines herself and identifies as today, himself as today, uh, being promoted to admiral, a four-star officer in the United States military. We'll talk about the supply chain issue and all of the ships in L.A. Harbor. We'll talk about Afghanistan again and what's going on there, how the Taliban is beheading Afghans in brutal, brutal, a brutal crackdown. And that millions, not thousands, not tens of thousands, not hundreds of thousands, but millions of people in Afghanistan right now face starvation. It's a humanitarian catastrophe. And again, I ask the rhetorical question, what say you now, pro-Biden evangelicals? 
Just curious. What do you have to say about that? Again, let's take a break. Thank our sponsors. Who are the Tulsa Apologetics Group, as well as Patriot Auto Group and Tatton Manning there. Grateful for their support of the radio version of The Rebellion. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and I will be right back in a couple minutes. Welcome back to The Rebellion. Hey, remember that um, you can subscribe to The Rebellion by going to patreon.com backslash Dr. Everett Piper. That's patreon.com backslash D-R-E-V-E-R-E-T-T-P-I-P-E-R. One more time on that. I don't do this all the time anymore because I know I was annoying all of you by doing it in every show. So you don't get it that much. So don't whine and complain if I do it once every 10 shows or 15 shows, okay? Patreon.com backslash Dr. Everett Piper, D-R-E-V-E-R-E-T-T-P-I-P-E-R. Why should you subscribe? Because it takes time to do this. I don't do it to listen to myself talk. It takes time to read the news and to try to craft something that's hopefully meaningful for you, something that will benefit you and something that will energize you, encourage you, embolden you, give you a spring in your step, stiffen your spine, and put an arrow or two extra in your quiver so you can go out and fight the good fight for Christ and his kingdom and engage in the culture wars because they are real. There's no question. If you don't think that's the case, then you have your head in the sand with your butt stuck up in the air. And there's something that happens to ostriches. They think they're safe, but they get their rear end handed to them by a predator. And that's what's going to happen to us if we don't recognize that these culture wars are real and they are affecting every area of our life. Who would have thought just a few months ago that if that if there was a... Uh, an aggressive flu on the loose worldwide, that you all would be told that you couldn't go to church, you couldn't go to a restaurant, you couldn't jog in the park unless the local government gave you permission to do so. And whoever would have thought that you all would comply and obey and bow in subservience to the grand and glorious high priest of scientism, Dr. Anthony Fauci, because he just said so. He's not elected. He has no authority over you. But we all seem to do what he says anyway. And here we have the church shaming us if we don't. Because you know Romans 13.1 says you got to obey the government because God put the government over you. We don't ever even bother to ask what the definition of government is in the United States of America. And you know I spent three shows last week telling you what it is. Very simple. We the people. Three words. That's the government in the United States. Little civics wouldn't hurt anybody, would it? But we were all raised on social studies rather than civics. So the news of the week. I've got, uh, oh, 10, 15 minutes left here. The news of the week. So let's start with the Taliban. I mean, it's something that I've talked about before. and I've talked about uh, our withdrawal from Afghanistan. And it just seems like we've moved on from the news. Why have we moved on from it? If it were Donald Trump in office, we wouldn't have. The mainstream media would be beating this drum relentlessly. There would be special committees. There would be calls for impeachment. You know it's true. Even if you're on the progressive left, you have to admit it's true. If Donald Trump had done what Joe Biden did with regard to Afghanistan, if he were that incompetent, that bumbling, that much of a fool, 
if Donald Trump had even come close to mismanaging the withdrawal from Afghanistan in the manner that Joe Biden and his administration did, all hell would break loose. The Democrats would lose their ever-loving minds. They all, to a person, would be calling for Donald Trump's immediate resignation and the impeachment of the president of the United States. I mean, they did it for much less than this, so why wouldn't they do it for something as serious as what's happened in Afghanistan? And then we know that Joe Biden is on record as basically responding to this whole Afghanistan issue by saying, F them. That's true. He's on record saying that. Don't let anybody tell you that that's not true. It is true. He said F them in referring to the Afghanistan, the Afghanis that were being, that would potentially be left behind if we were to pull out of Afghanistan in this fashion. And he went ahead and did it anyway. Why? Because he doesn't care. He doesn't care, nor does his party. Don't let them ever tell you that they're the they're the loving party, that they're the affirming party, that they're the tolerant party, that they're the inclusive party. Well, tell that to the people that are being being that are being beheaded in Afghanistan right now because we basically said F you and left them. Tell that to American citizens that were left there because we said F you and we walked away. Tell that to children, little girls that are being raped, raped, gang raped by these butchers, and we don't care. Oh, but the Democrats are the humanitarians. They're the ones who really care about the poor. They're the ones that care about the underprivileged. They're the ones that care about people of color, about diversity. Really, really, do they? Tell that to the Afghanis that are suffering right now. This story that I'm reading right now is out of the Christian Broadcasting Network News, CBN News. This is written by Steve Warren. It's written on the 19th of October. It's just a couple days old. It's titled, The Taliban Beheading Afghans in Brutal Crackdown, Millions Face Starvation, a Humanitarian Catastrophe. Now, I want to couple, cover a couple more stories, so I'm going to be brief on this. But the bottom line is this. This story shares the facts that even though much of what's happening in Afghanistan isn't making headlines anymore, the situation is still critical for Americans and others, Americans and others, Americans, one more time, Americans and others who are attempting to leave the countries. Further from this report, circumstances are also increasingly dire for ordinary Afghans. NBC News. NBC News reports that millions of them are now facing a daily fight with hunger. Uh, humanitarian organizations have been warning of an imminent disaster as the Taliban, whom we're now negotiating with, and we think somehow that they're a valid, legitimate, recognizable, humane, elected government. No, these are butchers. These are terrorists. But Joe Biden and his administration... Joe Biden, a man who's been wrong about every single foreign policy issue that he's ever considered throughout the courses of, of his, throughout the course of his 120-year career in politics, he's been wrong every single time. Every single time he's been wrong about international affairs and foreign affairs and military issues. And here again, the proof is in the pudding. The Afghans are left starving, mutilated, sold into slavery 
Mothers are actually selling their three-year-old girls. I covered that story with you already because they need money to feed the rest of the kids that are in the household. That's the kind of situation we left for these people. And we left Americans there. Americans. And we don't care. The news, mainstream media, they're not talking about it. They don't care. So don't ever let them tell you that they care about poor people, that they care about people of color, that they care about non-Christians, Muslims. You know, we love the Muslims. No, they don't. They don't care. They left these people at the hands of these butchers. And Joe Biden said F you to all of them. Just let that sink in before I move on to the next subject. Just stew on it a little bit. And if you don't care, you're listening to the wrong guy on talk radio right now. Uh, So here's another story. Okay, you know that our supply chains have been disrupted. You've read the stories about hundreds of ships just sitting in our harbors, in Los Angeles Harbor and other harbors around the country, around the East Coast, West Coast, and even off the South in the Gulf of Mexico and whatnot. You know that. Okay, I don't need to belabor those stories. You know that that's a fact. Even the mainstream media has covered that reality. Well, don't you have to ask yourself a question? Where is the government official that's responsible for doing something about this? Is there one? Well, the answer is yes, there is one. Do you know whose job description it is to manage our harbors? And I'm not talking about our highways. I'm talking about our harbors. Getting stuff off the ships, onto the dock, into trucks and onto trains, and then facilitating the transportation of that stuff, of those goods, across the country to various different retailers and outlets. Do you know who's responsible for that? Well, it's our our Secretary of Transportation. You know who that is? Well, it's Mayor Pete, Pete Buttigieg. You know, the former mayor of that huge metropolitan uh, success story called South Bend, Indiana. You know, the guy that was more than qualified for the job, right? Because, well, you know why he got the job. It's because of his sex. That's why he got the job. I mean, he was never the mayor of Chicago or not even Detroit, my land. He wasn't the mayor of any big city, and he didn't do anything other than that in his career, really. Now, he was a veteran, a veteran, excuse me. He was a military guy. He served us honorably, so we're told, in the military. And I honor him for that. I'm not mocking that. I'm not belittling that. So I do think that's a worthy thing to put on your resume. And I'm grateful for anybody that has done that, Mayor Pete included. But that's not why he was appointed to Secretary of Transportation under the Biden administration. You know why he was appointed. I mean, he was a failed presidential candidate, but he caught national attention. And the millennials and the Gen Zers and the woke and the righteous crowd, some of them were fawning over Mayor Pete. Why? Well, because of the rainbow. Mayor Pete is gay. He's defined himself as a homosexual man. He's quote-unquote married to another man. Now, why am I making a point out of this? What's that have to do with transportation? 
nothing. That is my point. It has nothing to do with transportation. Therefore, if you want any evidence, any more evidence that appointing your leaders, selecting your leaders, electing your leaders on the basis of the kind of sex they like is completely insane, stupid, and asinine, then look no further than this story because our harbors are clogged, our transportation is broken while the Secretary of Transportation is on a two-month paternity leave. You got that right. He hasn't worked for two months while your nation is crumbling and you can't buy toilet paper and your shelves are emptying or completely empty in your local grocery store and you're being told by all of the major news outlets that you won't even be able to buy the stuff you need or want for the Christmas holidays, that you better stock up now because everything's going to disappear because the supply chains are broken. Where is the guy responsible for the supply chains? Well, look at the photos that are being posted. He's out there on paternity leave, cuddling with his boyfriend and their new baby that they've adopted. Now, in addition to it being completely stupid and asinine to appoint anybody because of their sexual preferences to leadership, if you don't think, if you don't think that our enemies are watching this type of foolishness. You're nuts. You're crazy. If you don't think China and Iran and Iraq and North Korea, if you don't think Vladimir Putin, if you don't think these people are watching, if you don't think they're looking at these stupid photographs of two effeminate men cuddling together, on a swing together, giggling with one another. If you don't think they're looking at that and thinking to themselves, these people could be conquered. These people could be conquered by an army of junior high girls. I know I'm going to get criticized for saying that. Are you being anti? Are you being a misogynist? Are you being? Are you being somehow disrespectful to women, to females? No, I'm not. Stop, please. I'm being realistic. You don't build an army on the backs of schoolgirls. You build a successful army on the backs of courageous men. I'm sorry, that's just true. That's a fact. Just like you don't build an NBA basketball team on the backs of schoolgirls. You build it with professional athletes that are superior physically. That's a fact. There's a reason you have an NBA and you have a WNBA. It's because there's a difference here, people, between men and women. So if you don't think our enemies are watching this lunacy, and then you've got the other story of Rachel Levine. You know, she's our, whatever her title is, I forget right now, and I don't have it in front of me, Secretary of Health something, something, something. And this guy doesn't even know that he is a guy. He thinks he's a woman, and we've appointed him to a health position position to govern the health policy of our nation, and the guy doesn't even understand Biology 101. And now he's been promoted to a four-star admiral, I think is the situation. Why? Would this person be even in the mix for promotion if he wasn't trans, if he wasn't 
identifying as a woman? No, no, there's no way that wouldn't happen. The only reason Buttigieg and Levine are in their current positions right now is because of the kind of sex they like, period. And if you don't think our enemies are looking at these pictures of transgendered men pretending to be women and two effeminate men giggling and cuddling together, if you don't think our enemies are watching this, then you are an ostrich with your butt up in the air and your head in the sand. They are watching, and they know that a people identified by those photos and led by those types of individuals, those types of leaders, quote-unquote, is a people that can be easily conquered, that, we, that they won't even have to fire a shot. All they have to do is threaten our safety, our safe space, and we'll gladly wear our masks, obey our government authorities, and give up our freedom rather than um, go back to the bad old days of vile human beings like the orange man bad who said, oh, you know, yeah, immature juvenile things on Twitter. But thank the Lord we don't have that anymore, right? All we have now is Afghanistan citizens and American citizens trapped under the butchery of the Taliban, some of them losing their heads, many of them losing their children, all of them losing their freedom. Oh, and yeah, I guess today you can buy enough stuff in the groceries to, excuse me, buy enough stuff in the grocery stores, enough groceries in the grocery stores to survive. But by Christmas, you don't know, might not be able to get that turkey. You might want to go out and put one in your freezer now because the supply chains are broken. But, yeah, aren't you happy? We finally have a decent man in the White House. Right, evangelicals for Biden? We finally have an honest, decent man of integrity. So said my former professor of Oklahoma Wesleyan University, a Dr. Cochran. We finally have a decent man, a man of honesty and integrity in the White House. All right, I don't know what more to say. I don't know if there is anything more to say. Maybe I should just let that one hang there with a few pregnant pauses at the end of this show. We give up our freedom. We give up our common sense. We give up anything that makes sense. We'd gladly give all of that up rather than vote for somebody as vile as the man who did a pretty darn good job of staying out of our business and protecting our freedom, not only here in the United States, but abroad. We've got our priorities completely backwards, in my view. In times of universal deceit, and we surely do live in them, remember this, truth is the only rebellion left. And I am Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion.